All right, guys, welcome back. It has been a hot minute, and uh, man, we're just excited to get on here and talk about NASCAR. A lot of stuff has been a little crazy this year, and uh, you know, perhaps we're going to have to hop back on and talk some Braves baseball again here soon because, man, the Braves are, are back up. This is getting back into, you know, Josh, we finished up the college football season with the dogs, of course, winning it all, um, becoming my favorite annual tradition. And uh, then we got to wait a little bit of time. But then by the time the Daytona 500 comes around, we got some college baseball already going. And then, of course, the Atlanta Braves back in business. And uh, it's, we're getting finally back into a rhythm to where it's like, man, there's a lot of stuff going on. That's, that's good stuff now. Fun sports to keep up with. A lot going on in NASCAR. Especially this is our first episode since some breaking news about four or five weeks ago uh, with Chase Elliott. We're going to get into that and kind of our thoughts on that here uh, eventually. And so we're, we're going to kind of fill you in and get you up to date and everything that's going on in this Cup Series season so far and some predictions even going on into the future. Thanks for listening to the Around Georgia podcast. We'll be right back after this. Go ahead and let's just uh, let's start right from the uh, from the beginning. This I referred to at the beginning of the uh, of the episode here. You know, as we've been on here, and and we haven't really uh, been as consistent per se as we have been in the past, even during football season. We're going to go ahead and and try to get back into a little bit of a routine now that NASCAR is in full swing. Uh, we've had seven to this point with the eighth race being next Sunday uh, being Bristol and uh, just to kind of recap what what has happened up to this point in the season uh, you start off with with the Daytona 500 which which was always always a barn burner last second uh, thrilling and uh, Ricky Jr. was able to steal that one away from uh, what little uh, kind of come out of nowhere Taking the check on that one, but uh, ended up being a uh, caution, I believe, on the last lap of that one. And uh, Ricky Stenhouse was able to come away with. And uh, then we uh, fast forward to uh, Auto Club, and you had Kyle Busch take that one over in uh, over in California, moved to Vegas, and then William Byron did a repeat in Vegas and Phoenix, and uh, got back to back wins there. Come back to the East Coast, you have Joe Logano winning in Atlanta. Uh, he, I did not realize this, Kent. I don't know if you knew this, but I didn't realize how much of a bucket list win that, that was uh, for for the defending champ uh, to win in Atlanta like that. So I was kind of pleasantly big of a deal it was for him to win in Atlanta like it was. Um, and uh, then you move forward to the next week, and uh, Tyler Reddick was able to pull home the win uh, at a three overtime race and then most recently uh we saw um Kyle Larson get his first Barry finishing second. At a boy, Josh Barry. At a boy, no one called that in fact. In fact, that Josh Barry, not only is Josh Barry not gonna win a race, he's in a cup car, but he's not gonna come close. A little bit of crow. I'm not eating as much crow as I thought yeah. I would. <laughs> no, and, and, and this is one of those tracks, Josh, that I thought he would 
struggle. And, and I think he did early on, and it took him a minute mm-hmm. to kind of get a feel for it. But, you know, this is taking him back to his roots. He's a short track racer. He's a uh, he's a guy who runs late models really well. In fact, I mean, he's one of the best late model racers just, just of all time. I mean, that's just the kind of guy he is. And the way this car drives on a, uh, you know, three-quarter mile track has been kind of compared to how late model cars drive on on shorter tracks. And so I think it just kind of hit a sweet spot. Alan Gustafson seemed to have some really good pitch strategy. And I think they got a little bit of lucky with some cautions there at the end coming out when they did. And he lined up with an opportunity to go for the win against one of NASCAR's best in Kyle Larson. Didn't quite work out for him. But you saw the smile on his face when he got out of that car. That dude was happy to finish second. And uh, representing that number nine Napa Camaro really well. And that was awesome to see. But uh, let's let's talk about something you mentioned about Atlanta Motor Speedway becoming a bucket list item. First of all, can we just talk about the fact that there's crowds back at Atlanta Motor Speedway again? Um, Mm -hmm. You know, and I know it wasn't a sellout. I know it wasn't a complete packed house, but I was there in 2013, 14, and 15, and I I was there when it was at its lowest attendance at Atlanta Motor Speedway. And to see the way it is now, it's just incredible, I, and I, I didn't get to go to the cup race this uh, this past, you know, swing in Atlanta Motor Speedway. I did get to go to the truck and Xfinity doubleheader the day before, and on a blistering cold day with wind and everything, that was a fun day at the track. Um, the one really interesting thing that happened uh, with Josh Williams getting out of his car and parking it on, on the front stretch, I was actually... Not in the grandstands when that happens on this stage, but um, it was a fun day to be at the track. And there's a lot of morale built up at Atlanta Motor Speedway. And, mm-hmm. you know, this may still end up being a track that goes back to hosting only one race a season. But even if that's the case, I, I think that there is a lot of excitement about at what Atlanta Motor Speedway could be going forward. And, uh, man, it, it's just it's. It's fun, man. It's it's fun to go to races there. We're going to have to try to make it. But big milestone for our listeners, big milestone in Josh Allen's life in these past few weeks that we've been gone. Two big milestones. The first one, Josh just recently purchased his first piece of NASCAR memorabilia ever, right? Yes, I was telling, for those of you that don't know, um, when that- Kid. My dad was always a big NASCAR fan, um, particularly Kent knows this. Anyone who has talked with me about NASCAR knows this. Nonetheless, I was, I was a black number three household. Uh, everything in the, in the house that I grew up with, a George Bulldog G or a big number three on it. So that was kind of the way that I was raised. And um, Either way, after, it was red and black, right? That's right, red and black either way. And, um, <laughs> you know, after after the Daytona 500-2001 crash uh, that took Dale Earnhardt, it, it kind of got put on the back burner just a little bit. You know, my, my dad, had, I wouldn't say that he stopped watching NASCAR because he still does watch it from time to time to this day, but he went from being a every Sunday, knowing the details, the drivers, the teams, all the pretty much everything that we talk about now, 
to kind of just being a, a passive, if nothing else is on on Sunday afternoon, watch a race kind of guy. And so I kind of fell out of the NASCAR kick. Fast forward to last season, if you were listening at the beginning of last NASCAR season and realized it's uncated. Uh, uncultured. We'll, we'll say uncultured. Yes, compared to where I am now. <laughs> uh, last season, was a, I learned a lot over the span season and moving into this season. So all that's relevant because I purchased for the first time as an adult with my own money NASCAR gear uh, this past week. So that, that that's a big moment because in NASCAR gear, it was Dell Earnhardt gear that was bought for me whenever I was by my parents. So that's the first time that my own hard-earned cash <laughs> was spent on NASCAR stuff. Um, so that's the first one. And if I know where you're going with this, I believe you're about to talk about Charlotte, are you not? Josh Allen is going to his first ever NASCAR Cup Series race. That's right. How about that? So that's that's going to be fun. We're going to go up to Charlotte Motor Speedway. I'm actually going to be at the track back-to-back weekends. I'm going uh, to get to, not the to same experience track. some, not the same track. Yeah, the so I'm going to get to experience some nostalgia at North Wilkesboro, and I'm going to be at the Tyson uh, 250 for the Truck Series race on a Saturday afternoon in North Wilkesboro, North Carolina, and then uh, the next weekend, of course, uh, Josh and I are going to be at Charlotte Motor Speedway Sunday night for the Coca-Cola 600, where hopefully we'll see Chase Elliott back in action. Should we go ahead and talk about that injury? Like, should should we go ahead and dive into that a little bit? Yeah, that probably would be about it. If any of you live under a rock and do not watch any sort of news or NASCAR media, or social media of any sort, um, Chase Elliott has been out of the car for I believe this week marks uh, race number five, I think, um, and, uh, and number four since his injury. Um, but he fractured his, is it his tibia? Is that, what that, is that, is that right? I think, well, the lower uh, bone in your leg. Fractured yeah. Um, and, uh, he had to have surgery. As, as far as I'm aware, surgery went fine and everything. But that being said, they're, uh, they're assuming it was going to be six weeks. I haven't heard otherwise from conversations that Kent and myself have had. It would seem that Kent seems to be doubtful that we'd be uh, but do you do you actually kind of want to go into where your uh, where your your logic is on that? Yeah, yeah, I'll make some predictions. So uh, everything that Hendrick Motorsports does is going to be very close to the chest when it comes to Chase Elliott. They're not going to really put something out there that he's going to be back um, unless they know for sure he's going to be back. But when they do, uh, it will be a couple weeks in advance for a couple of reasons. Um, the, the main one is it'll drive ticket sales. NASCAR will want to know when that first race for Chase Elliott will be back because it will drive ticket sales when they know that NASCAR's most popular driver will be back. Mm-hmm. So I've got a guess for what his first race back will be. And it, it does extend beyond the six weeks absence, but it gets him back in time for us to see him, uh, you know, at, at Coca-Cola. So I've got, um, I've got a guess, and we're going to get into that really quick, uh, but you're right. So we just had our fifth race without Chase Elliott, um, and so, you know, four since they announced the six weeks. So um, 
we're looking at at least two more without Chase Elliott. And those next two races are, of course, the Bristol Dirt Race this Sunday, Easter Sunday. Um, so, obviously, Josh Berry is scheduled to be in the car this Sunday. Um, going to be interesting to see how he does. That's one of those, I mean, I don't know really how it's to put it, but it can it can be kind of be a crapshoot race. You just don't know what's going to happen. So, it'll be interesting to see how Josh does in the car there. And then Martinsville. Now, I was there in uh, 2021 uh, with my wife, and we saw Josh Berry win his first career Xfinity Series race while he was running, you guessed it, part-time, one of only eight races he would run in the 2021 season. And so he won at Martinsville Speedway. If he finished second at Richmond today, Josh has a chance to win at Martinsville. He knows that track because he has run late models at that track. He has done really well at that track. So that would get us to the end of the six-week stint. And what is the upcoming race? Talladega. Now, this is where we're going to kind of get into will Chase be back? Will he not be back? If there's ever a race prone for a heavy collision it's talented <laughs> mark my words and i could be wrong <laughs> i could be wrong but chase elliott will not be back in the car for talladega they're gonna let that leg heal up that week then the next race is actually the race that chase elliott won his first of five races last year yeah. dover motor speedway now Dover, you're thinking, all right, all right, you know, may not be that hard of an impact because it's only a mile long, but it like is super speedway, right? It is, and it is steeply banked, and they are pulling some heavy speeds and G's in those corners, and it's 400 laps. Mm. That is a long race and uh, <laughs> very physically taxing. I highly doubt to see Chase's first race back. Um, I, I highly doubt it would be at Dover. Um, I personally am going to predict that Chase Elliott's first race back will be at Kansas Speedway on May 7th. Um, it, it, it just, it's a cookie cutter. Um, mile and a half half track. It's a little bit easier on you physically. Uh, as easy as NASCAR can be, it's easier on you physically. And, uh, it's, it's not going to be quite the same intensity that Daytona or not Daytona, that Dover or Talladega is going to have. So Kansas allows him to get back in the car shake things out, get a feel for it. It's something that is a uh, regular style track um, before they go to Darlington, then North Wilkesboro, then Charlotte Motor Speedway. So um, I, I think Chase Elliott is back for Kansas. If he's not back for Kansas, he won't be back until Charlotte. I think his first race back will be a mile and a half track. And so if he's not back for Kansas um, – Darlington is a mile and a half, but that's another – that's a difficult mile and a half. And I don't know that that would be his first race back. 
North Wilkesboro, there's no reason to, to speed up recovery during a non-points weekend. I think that they would just get Josh to fill in for the All-Star race, but then uh, they would have him running for the Coke 600. So Kansas Motor Speedway is what I'm eyeballing for the return for Chase Elliott, but, you know, obviously yeah. I would be okay with him coming back for Talladega. That is, do you not think that we're experiencing some like a mile and a half track, like a can, like a or like a um, Charlotte Motor Speedway? Then we would have. Because I know I know Dover has so, a high that'd be great I know race is hard, but I would think they'd hit high yeah. speeds at a mile and a half, right? Then do a mile. I mean, that's just general logic. Yeah, no. Track. Great question. Great question. So, and yes, you're absolutely right. Much higher speeds at Kansas and Charlotte Motor Speedway, um, or much higher high speeds, I should say, at Kansas um, and Charlotte than at Dover. But what you're looking for is that middle of the corner speed. And at Dover, it's still going to be a very, very high speed because it's so high banked compared to a Kansas. So Kansas, you're looking at the tracks where they don't have to hit the brakes as much. Kansas is light on the brakes, if any. Um, and you really, once you get up to speed, you're just using your right foot for the gas and that's it. You roll out of the throttle, you, you know, make your corner and then you get up to speed down the back stretch. I mean, it just, it's the same thing over and over. Dover, you're hard on the gas and then you're hard on the brake. And then you're hard on the gas again. And so because of that, it makes it a more physically taxing track. And because of uh, there's so much less room for error at Dover and it's such a higher speed track, uh, it's going to be more prone to an injury per se than a Kansas Motor Speedway or than a Kansas Speedway or a right. Motor Speedway, if that, if that makes sense. That's because if you look at then he would have to if you're looking at a track where he wouldn't have to use essentially both of his I mean there's no such thing as a track where you don't use both of your legs at some point uh because even That's if right. you're at a super speedway you're gonna have to break at some point uh throughout the race if it comes to just maneuvering around cars to even something as simple as pit road. But with that being said on that same subject, if the only thing that would dictate his return time is the amount of workload uh split between your left and your right foot a super someone could argue you do have the highest speeds, even though you do have the um for high speed right, whether it be on the wall another car or something. On the flip side of it, at Talladega throttle and you're not off the throttle until at all unless you're passing, maneuvering, something like that. Uh but especially if you're in clean air and uh you're running whether it be at the top or the bottom, if you're running near the front of the pack then you got the brake or you got the gas pedal on the floor and you're just staying there the whole race. The argument that yes, there's a risk if he gets in a, in a accident, if there is some sort of wreck or something he would be involved in at Talladega, they could re injure that issue. If he were to go throughout the without having any significant contact that could aggravate that. Injury it could potentially be one of the easiest physical races that he could go through since there's not going to be much strain. Your, your feet aren't busy at Talladega. I mean, 
Like you're, you're yeah, no, and, theory more than you are with the yeah. And to your point, I would say, you know, if Chase is healthy and he's up for it, then there's no reason to make him sit out at Talladega. Um, and, you know, if he's healthy and he's feeling good and he's ready to get back in the car, then I think you're right. I think we see him at Talladega. I don't think we see him miss past Martinsville. So, uh, mm. you know, that looking at the schedule, though, I mean, it really gives you an appreciation for how – physically taxing it is to race in the NASCAR Cup Series because after Charlotte, you got Worldwide Technology Raceway, uh, which I believe is out towards St. Louis, and that is a oh, that is a that is another one of those difficult tracks. And then after that, they go to Sonoma, then Nashville, then Chicago, and then the next one that we have on the, you know, schedule that's going to be somewhat, uh, I don't somewhat easy going is Atlanta Motor Speedway, but even Atlanta Motor Speedway is intense now. Mm. And then you got New Hampshire and then Pocono, Richmond again, Michigan. NASCAR used to, I mean, NASCAR kind of got into a cookie cutter model. They are away from that now. I'm looking at these tracks. In order to be competitive for a championship, you really have to be good at every style of racing. And that's that's one thing that makes NASCAR a really, really entertaining sport. Right, for sure. So, But, you know, that, like you said, it's a good testament to what the sport has done to, to get away from what, what, what is a mile raceway every weekend. They get pretty boring because you're essentially doing the same thing. That's good for it. But it makes it tough when you're talking about a driver in Chase's shoes who's trying to come back from an injury. There's really no break. There, there, there's no such thing as a race that is going to be easy, you know, first race back. I'm. Let me tell you something. He's not going to get back in the car. Rick Hendrick is not going to put him back in the car until he's done a lot of time on a simulator, obviously, first and foremost. So practice time, time behind the wheel elsewhere. Uh, in a car on a track several times, multiple chances before ever put into race action. And he may be doing that now. I don't know if you've noticed this, but Chase Elliott, would you say he probably has a pretty uh, persona on social media, whether it be whatever, um, pretty much all the platforms. Would you not say he has all those platforms, Kent? He has been, I don't know, honestly, it, quiet. it's been, he's, he's quiet. And and when you see something, it's some someone who runs an account for him. But then lately, you know, he has done a little bit better getting out there and, and running more, um, I don't know, just, just doing more with his social media, letting his voice be heard. And I, I, I definitely think it's been good for his fans. Right, right. But I've been kind of keeping up with kind of what's going on because everyone who's just up the fan is kind of wanting to say, you know, what's the update? How's the leg? What's the and, – and they've kept things pretty buttoned up with that. But a lot of that's because, like you said earlier, Hendrick Motorsports as a corporation is going to want to keep that stuff under wraps for purposes of you don't want 
to go ahead and put it out there. You know, where Chase is this far along, he's going to start this week and do this because what you're going to do is you're going to give teams elsewhere in NASCAR the opportunity to prepare for that. And you're, you're kind of giving them the edge when it comes to that. And so I know that they're not just going to come out and just give daily updates on it. But since this whole injury happened uh, right before Vegas, he has done nothing on social media, nothing. I'm, and when I tell you nothing, like normally he'll, he'll you know, especially there's race day, he'll post different pictures of, you know, qualifying and, and, and practice and things like that, whether it be the story whether it be to his actual, you know, post, reels, whatever. And he has done nothing. Now, I know he's not at the track. I know he's not racing. I know he's not practicing in the car. I understand that. And so I know that that part of the social media outreach isn't going to be there. Um, But I do know that he's heavily involved with Hendrick. I do know that he's in constant contact with Josh Berry, with the nine team, with Hendrick in general. And so have been. I've seen him share stuff maybe three times in the last month. Does that seem kind of weird to you that he's just been quiet, like silent on all social media? So here's the thing. I I feel like he's actually been doing more lately on Twitter. Um, Like I just saw where he congratulated Josh Berry on his second place finish. Um, He's actually, I'd say, been more active on Twitter then, but nowhere else. <laughs> yeah, maybe nowhere else. But let's see here. Like, like if you go to last season, for example, pretty much once a week, twice a week, he's posting something during the season. Now the off season's a little bit different. He's going a few weeks. Chase isn't the type of guy that's going to uh, just do all kinds of of retweeting and and sharing and posting and things like that. He never has been. But I don't know. It's just it. It seems like he's very, very, very. Up until Coda last week when they had him on during stage two and three during that race. Right. You could have almost convinced me that the dude is just like a mute or something all of a sudden. Like he was just like nothing. Like it's like he didn't exist. And um, you know, I I know he's recovering. He he I mean he had surgery. And so I'm not I'm not expecting him to, you know, do a do a obstacle course with other drivers of Hendrick Motorsports every week. I, I understand that, but it just compared to I'm comparing, you have to understand that the NASCAR that I know is pretty much 2022 NASCAR. Cause that's whenever I started paying attention. And so I'm comparing what I've seen thus far this season to what I see, what I saw last season. And it just seems like he's a lot quieter now than he was whenever he was still racing yeah. a year ago. So, I don't know if that has anything to do with it. Maybe the dude's just trying to, you know, get better, and maybe he's all dipped up on pain medicine and <laughs> just has other stuff going on, trying to recover and get back in shape. Who knows? But, you know, I just thought that was something, you know, that, that I mentioned that I've noticed, and I was wondering if you'd noticed it as well. So. No, I, I don't – I'm not too worried about, um, you know, a lot of the stuff that's going on right now. I, I think he's – I think he's fine. I, I I just think he's focused on healing. And also, you know, I, I mean, just to be completely honest, it can't be fun to watch someone else drive your car. Mm-hmm. Um, and even today, you know, he was probably thinking, man, I could have won with that one. You know? What I mean? <laughs> um, yeah. So, anyways, I mean, it, it's there's just no telling. Um, 
But uh, I think that we're going to hear from him. If, if he's going to race at Talladega, we're going to hear from him really soon. Yep. So, but, um, you know, kind of turning the page off of that subject onto the next one. So, uh, closing, we're going to talk about uh, this coming race uh, next week and uh, and kind of go over uh, our different different opinions, I guess you could say, on uh, Bristol. And um, and I guess I'll kind of lead the whole charge on that. So I've I'm one of the ones. Whenever Bristol dirt, the first year that Bristol dirt happened a few years ago, I think was it COVID year? Was that 2020? Is that the first year that they ran Bristol on dirt? Isn't that right? Um, I'm pretty sure that's right. I don't think they ran. Or was it 21? I believe it was 2021. Was the first year? Okay, maybe you are right. But either way. That first year that I heard that, I will admit this, even though I wasn't a what I would even consider remotely a NASCAR fan at that time, uh, I watched that race. And uh, I didn't watch it because I was thinking, man, they're putting Bristol on dirt. This is going to be a fantastic race. I watched it because I was like, these guys are idiots for racing on dirt. And I was like, this is going to be an absolute dumpster fire. Let me tune in so I can see this demolition derby dirt race where they're putting cars that haven't been on dirt in 50, 60 years at the minimum yeah. and put them back on dirt. And this is going to be a complete crapshoot. And I was wrong. You know, I saw that first race and saw Joe Logano, I believe won it that first season. And uh, I was like, man, they need to just put all the tracks on dirt. Except Talladega, we don't want anybody to lose their life. But all the short tracks, we need to put all dirt on all these tracks because that's great racing. And Kyle Busch notoriously is known for hating dirt. And he quoted Richard Petty by saying, dirt takes the, spurt, takes the sport backwards. Um, and I will say that I could see that being the case for most tracks. But I do think whether it stays Bristol or not, I think that there should be one dirt race on the NASCAR schedule every season because going back to what we said a few minutes ago, it makes the sport diverse. It gives styles of tracks. If you're really trying to cover all your bases as far as all track services, whether it be concrete, asphalt, new, old, worn, um, streets, ovals, super speedways, short tracks, all those different types of tracks, I feel like dirt would have to be in there. So I, I think that Bristol dirt is a great thing. There's a lot of people who've watched NASCAR race on uh, the Bristol dirt uh, who wouldn't have watched NASCAR otherwise, including myself. That was the first race that I saw in 2021 where I was like, I can start watching this sport. You know, I, that was interesting to watch. I feel like this is something I could follow. And that was kind of what I would, I would credit that as being the first spark that kind of made me, what made the wheels start turning, so to speak, towards the sport. So I love Bristol Dirt, and I think it's a great thing. And I know you don't necessarily agree with that, correct? Yeah. Um, here's my thing. I, what you said about um, – what you said about NASCAR needing to be on dirt is absolutely correct. And I love the fact that NASCAR is going back to its roots. Because, you know, if you look even in the 90s when NASCAR left North Wilkesboro, DW said that that was a mistake or that it was going to be a mistake. 
and ultimately, it was. We've seen NASCAR kind of start to to die out, especially between you know 2012 and 2017, 18 or so. It really got bad there for a while, and lately NASCAR has been on a steady incline. But the most popular things that they're doing, going to North Wilkesboro, going to dirt, um, that is helping. That is helping get some of these grassroots fans back interested in the sport. Here's what I don't understand. There are facilities all over the United States that could host a dirt track NASCAR Cup event. Why are we not running at those? Bristol is too good of a race. It's too good of a racetrack to to cover up one of those races with dirt. Let there be dirt. It doesn't need to be Bristol. That's my thing. Um, There are other races out there that would be so much so much better on dirt like you know going to um i'm trying to think and i'm i'm oh eldora eldora is one of the tracks i'm thinking of hey, run out there get tony stewart owns that place i'm pretty sure he still does go out there and run a dirt race with the cup cars it is a it's an actual dirt track the truck series used to run there run a race there go to Go to Knoxville, Iowa, where the truck series currently will go for one race a year. Run the cup cars there. Again, as a current dirt track, don't make a, you know, uh, you know, just just a, a, a temporary dirt track that's not going to produce the best possible dirt racing. Go to a dirt track that's proven to produce good dirt track racing and let your dirt track stars shine on that surface um so again uh, e for effort because nascar is doing something and they're they're giving us a product that that is entertaining and that is fun to watch and that is really cool when you think about it um mm-hmm. but at the end of the day i think they made a mistake with the location i get it the first couple of years going there because it's like hey let's just find out if we put you know, NASCAR on this dirt stage again, if this will even work. I get doing something temporary to, to kind of kick it off. But now I'm like, okay, let's let's go somewhere grassroots and let's put up some temporary grandstands and let's do it there. I don't understand why we're still going to Bristol. Well, and to that I'll say there's two races at Bristol every year. And so if you want a race on your blacktop Bristol surface uh, tried and true track, then you always have the second race that they race that on. And, and honestly, I believe that the reason, the reason they continue to, to use Bristol is because first and foremost, uh, Bristol has a reputation uh, even amongst those who don't even watch NASCAR, don't keep up with the sport even the slightest, most people who have ever kept up with any sort of auto racing outside know about Bristol. They know the track, stadium style, uh, the the whole nine, all those things. And most people are going to know that. And so I think that the familiarity of Bristol being such a 
historic, legendary type of track. That is what made them. And, I mean, you're not going to put dirt on Talladega. You're not going to put dirt on Daytona. You're not going to put dirt on Atlanta. You have to put it somewhere where it would make sense, where you can make the racing work. And you pair that with the what people that can get inside of that stadium and uh and it, it'll produce a great product and and i think the reason they continue to it's such a familiar thing now uh, this is the third year uh of this racing style at bristol and and it's it's becoming a familiar thing i remember daytona i believe uh when we were watching that race together i told you i was like Man, Bristol Dirt's gonna be great if if this race is as good as it is, and and Bristol Dirt's really so. You're having people talk about that. I'm sure I'm not the only one, uh, but you've had people talk about that for weeks in advance at the very beginning of the season. So I, I mean, I if if they were to come next season and they were to say, you know, we're not gonna do it at Bristol this year, we're gonna do it somewhere else. I wouldn't be upset, but I do think that they need to have. Now that you've seen the success that NASCAR has by having a dirt race, they don't need to move a dirt race off the track ever. Whether it's at Bristol, whether it's at a cornfield in the middle of Iowa, I don't care. But there needs to be a race on the schedule because that does a lot for the sport. But I think with by putting Bristol, that makes something that would have heads for those who may not necessarily watch NASCAR other something that was hey that's kind of cool to the fact that it's at that's really cool we're definitely going to watch so i think it's that extra it takes it by being at bristol um that makes a great race but it's a great race uh last year i believe was the year that uh kyle bush complained the entire week leading up to bristol sport backwards and uh he did what he accused and saying he backed into every win he's ever gotten and he inadvertently backed into that win and only won that race last year because Tyler was it Tyler Reddick and Chase Briscoe that uh, spun out the last corner went swooping on by and got the win so um, but it's going to be a great race I'm looking forward to it uh, it is on Easter about that I'm not a big fan of racing on Easter, but I can appreciate the fact that they do uh, outreach, uh, which me and Kent can both, uh, obviously being being as involved with the with the church and and um, everything like we have been our entire lives and are still today, uh, we can appreciate that uh, the amount of outreach that is uh, offered at those races towards NASCAR fans who may not otherwise get that. Get, get the gospel presentation uh, outside of the sport. So uh, I think that's great that they do that. I wish it wasn't on Easter, uh, but I can't appreciate that. And I know that you tend to feel the same. Yeah. I mean, mostly just because of, um, you know, selfish reasons, uh, being in the line of work that I'm in, I'll never be able to attend the Easter, uh, you know, dirt race at Bristol. It's just never going to happen. So, uh, you know, but I mean, it's okay. I don't know for sure that I, that's one that I am really desiring to go to. Um, I mean, yeah, it'd be really cool, but, uh, the, the one that I was really excited to get to go to this year is going to 
kind of happened. I wanted to go to the all-star race. Didn't exactly have $300 to fork out, but I had 45 <laughs> to go to the truck race at North Wilkesboro. So to get to go to see something at North Wilkesboro, that, that was kind of the main goal for me to get to do mm-hmm. this year. And, and then of course, going to the 600, that's going to be fun too. But man, we've got a lot of ways to go in this uh, 2023 NASCAR season. Um, last year was known for being a good, uh, a really good season. I mean, honestly, this season has been so much fun to watch already. Um, we've had what six, seven races. In short, we have one less, uh, one less winner than we have had as many races this season so far. Only one repeat winner, which is pretty cool to see. And um, I'm really excited to see where this season goes. And once we get Chase Elliott back in the seat, who knows, man? I mean, it's really going to pick up. For sure. For sure. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a great season. We've got a long ways to go. Uh, definitely excited about Charlotte. Don't know what to expect. Have been to quite a few NHRA drag racing uh, races. So I do. I have been around the racing uh, world in person before, just not specifically NASCAR forward to it can't wait when the day gets closer uh to that that's going to obviously be memorial day weekend uh so we still got about six seven ish weeks or so before we get there but uh as we get closer uh, i'm sure me and kent will we'll put something together uh some sort of a special something uh, i'm sure uh whenever we get closer to that and and may try to i don't know maybe up in, in north carolina maybe even at the track we'll see how things go with that um, but nonetheless, there's big things happening. A good season uh, is, is underway, and the Braves are back in action. So we got well. So it's a busy time uh, for around Georgia. But uh, continue to stay tuned and uh, keep plugged in. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Spotify. Uh, we appreciate every single one of you that listen whether we record every week or whether we record once every two months like we've been lately. We, we appreciate all of you. So continue to tune in to us and uh, we'll continue to new content. So as always, Kent, how do we always wrap this thing up? Go dogs. <laughs>